So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans, the 10th chapter and the 17th verse. Greetings and welcome to the New Redeemed Missionary Baptist Church, where this is the church that is building kingdom minded members through kingdom services. Our pastor is Reverend Dr. Derek L. Mercer, Sr. So get ready to hear a word from Redeemed. I just thank God for each of you, my father's children. Thank God just for these children on this Sunday. God is truly a good God. Let us bow our heads and pray. Dear most gracious Father God, we thank you and we magnify you, Father God. We glorify you for the many blessings that you've already bestowed upon us. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, Father God, I ask that I move out of the way and that you stand up in me, Father God. Stand up in me to speak a word that only you can speak, Father God. A word that will go forth with power and authority that it may fall on good soil, Father God. Father God, we magnify you, we glorify you this day. Now, Father God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And those who love the Lord said, Amen. Glory to God, giving honor to the spirit of Christ, which is the head of my life, to our beloved and esteemed pastor. I thank God for you, sir. To our deacons, our mothers, our deaconesses, our trustees, and to each of you, my father's children, and once again, to our young people, because it's so good to see young folk in church. It won't stop when we cone on the glory. Amen. Um, ushers, you may have your seat at this time. I, I don't tend to prolong the time because uh, I tell you, after them children sung like that, um, I, we could get a benediction and go home, really, because they sung out of their souls. I, I teased them yesterday. I told them, I said, y'all rehearse better than grown folk do. There wasn't no mumbling. There wasn't no grumbling. They went, oh, we don't want to sing that. So y'all know us grown folk can get in choir and rehearsal. Don't, don't, don't act like I'm the only one. Satan was the praise angel. That let me know that hell always come in the choir stand. Amen, somebody. <laughs> Glory to God. I, I, I believe I can say that, uh, 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 chap, because I done experienced it for so many years. <laughs> Glory to God. But those of you who have your Bibles, the scripture that was read to our hearing Acts the twelfth chapter. Now I'm gonna give y'all a little, a little secret that I'm gonna let y'all in. Um, I had Deacon Paul read verses one through five. That was just for time's sake. But uh, it is my sincere desire that when you go home in your uh, study time, that you would read the entirety of this chapter because I do believe there are some blessings that are in this chapter. Uh, verse 1 through 5. Now about that time, Herod the king, scratching forth his hand to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quadrants of soldiers to keep him, 
intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer, somebody say prayer. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. it's good to see you. But something happens when God's people pray. I look at somebody else and tell them something happens when God's people begins to pray. If I leave a sermonic thought with you this morning, it would be simply that something happens when God's people pray. See, prayer is a powerful privilege that God has given to us. God has opened the door to his throne room and invited his children to enter into the presence with their petitions. God has allowed us that we are able to come boldly before him and make our petitions known through prayer and supplication. Matter of fact, there's a uh, there's a a saying that at first I had a problem with. But now that I look at it as I get older, it makes a lot of sense to me. I heard a preacher once say that prayer is simply inviting God to get into earth's problems. Now, I said at first I said you ain't got to give God permission to do nothing. But but sometime God will see you going through something and he will say, I'll wait until you call on me. Don't act like you're not used to it. There's times that you've seen your children going through things. You say, you know what? I'm going to sit right here and I'm going to wait for him or her to say they need my help. I know I've been in the situation. I've been in situations where I know I needed some help, but I was too stubborn and stout hearted to call on somebody. But I realized that if you just open up your mouth and call on Jesus he will answer prayer yes yes he has promised to hear us when we call him and he has promised to answer our prayers when we pray listen to this according to his will now 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 that's important church we must pray according to his will. You know, I could uh, uh, go and say, Lord, I want you to bless me with a Lexus. I want you to bless me with a Maserati and all that. And, and the Lord could hear that prayer. But uh, realistically speaking, he know I don't have the finances to keep up with that car. So uh, he would be setting me up for failure if he answered that prayer in the affirmative. Yeah. But you know what? I'm just as happy as I can be when I say, Lord, bless me with a Chevy. And he gave me that. You got to know how to pray within the will of God. Not only that, I also found out that we all know that there are many privileges and promises associated with prayer. But this morning, I want us to look at this powerful thing that happens when we pray together. I know you go home and you pray in your secret closet. I know that you kneel down before the Lord before you uh, go to sleep at night. I I know when you wake up in the morning that when your feet hit the ground, you say, Lord, I thank you for another day but there is something about when the saints of God connect and touch and agree on one accord and begin to pray see y'all I'm from the old school where Wednesday nights just didn't consist of a Bible study but see we, we, we hyphenated our title we always called it prayer meeting and Bible study 
You know, I'm from that uh, age where you, you they did lock-ins where you prayed all night long. Sister Keys, you know what I'm talking about. Where, 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 where it seemed like prayer got so heavy on you, one sister would be on one side of the church calling on Jesus. And before you know it, one of the old deacons on the other side said, well, I got something to talk about. Yeah, yeah, there's something about when God's children began to pray. Well, as we look through this passage of scripture, we are reminded that there is power in corporate prayer. There's a special dynamic that comes into play when God's children come together, united in faith and purpose to seek the face of the Lord in prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's powerful things that happen. Verses uh, one through five lets us know that in this particular time, it was a time of problems. Somebody say a time of problems. See, the Bible tells us that the early church was under attack. Now, don't get so comfortable because now we have carpeted flows and, and AC systems and PA systems and all that because we are still under attack. The devil ain't changed his plan. He still wants to attack the church. So this is still important for us in this day and time to realize they were under attack. The Bible says James, the brother of John, one of the Lord's inner circle, is put to death by Herod. Peter has also been in prison and is sitting on death row awaiting his own execution. Now, 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 we see that the only reason Herod did these things was because he realized that it pleased some of the Jews. Don't you know some folk will hate you just because it makes somebody else smile? Some folk will set things up for your failure just because somebody else gets joy out of it. Mess around and go on a job and you do the right thing. There's always somebody that's trying to destroy what you're doing because they heard something about you. How many of you know you ain't even got to do nothing to nobody nowadays? They just hear something about you. They heard what sister such and such said about you when she didn't like you no way. So she wasn't putting out no positive information about you anyhow. And they ran with it. They were under attack. Uh, uh, They were attacking the early church. And the reason I found out that they were attacking the early church is because they hated the gospel that the early church preached. How many of you know that the world still hates the gospel that we preach? You you want me to prove it to you? If we stand up and say something about same-sex marriages, they want to shut us down. Oh, y'all ain't ready for the truth today. I got to keep it real. If we don't say what's politically correct, they want to shut us out and say, oh, we are too hooked in our own belief. But I found out that we have to preach this gospel. The Bible lets us know that, that, that the only reason that he, he, he proceeded further to take Peter was because once he killed John, they got happy. Once he killed James, they got happy. Well, now look how God works. The Bible then lets us know, but these were the days of unleavened bread. 
It was around the Passover time. Y'all know we call it Easter. Y'all know around April, May, April, May. Y'all know that time where we all give children speeches and, and we sit down and we do those little things. Well, this was the time that was happening. And, and, and because it was the season of unleavened bread, Herod had to have a little sense about him. He said, wait a minute, I can't execute him right now. I can't execute him right now because it's going to cause all kind of problems. So, so, so he arrests Peter and he puts him in jail. He puts him in prison. And as he puts him in prison, he says, now, wait a minute. I know this, I, I, I know this Peter guy. So um, we ain't going to just put a, a few soldiers on him. We're going to go get four quadrants of soldiers. Now, if you know anything about uh, the way things were set up, a quadrant equals four people. So he says, now, nah, I don't want just four to watch after them. I need 16 of y'all around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so he apprehended Peter, and they were in a time where they had a lot of apprehension. The church did not know what the future held. If they looked at the way things were going at the time, they might have been discouraged. They, they, they might have said, you know what, I got to give this up. Because they were in a time where people were rejecting what they knew to be true. Yeah, yeah, as a result, there was fear and concern for the future of the church. After all, these people had left their Jewish roots to follow the way of Jesus Christ. Perhaps they were afraid that the hatred of the Jews and the king might eventually turn them away from the leaders of the church and settle on members of the church. In other words, the church itself said they not just going to keep Killing preachers, they're going to start killing some of us laymen. They're going to start killing some of us that sit in the pew. They're going to start hurting some of us that's afraid to say amen. They're going to start attacking some of us with our overly sanctified selves that think that everything's protected from us, but now we see that it's coming on us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a time of worration, a time where they were being persecuted. But how many know that God sits high and he looks low? There's no situation that you are going through that God's not already aware of. Yeah, yeah, they talking about you, but God knew it before they came out their mouth. They setting up stumbling blocks for you, but God already made a way for your escape. They trying to devour you, but God says, I'm with you. Through the valley of the shadow of death, you ain't got to fear because I'm with you. Not only, not only was it a time of problems, but church, I find out in verse 5 that it's also a time of prayer. The Bible says Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But I love that conjunction right there. That you, you know, conjunction is, is something that, 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 that connects two thoughts. And, and, and sometimes we, uh, uh, we get the word and. That means it's going, it, that's just what it is, and this is addition to it. But when we see the word but, it says everything you read in the first half, you can forget about it. But the Bible says, but prayer. Somebody turn to somebody and say, but prayer. 
but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. This presents the greatest weapon at the church's disposal. How many of you know that prayer is our greatest weapon? I guarantee any situation you fall into, if you just call on the name of Jesus, you'll find that there's power in prayer. It was a time for prayer. The situation looked so desperate, but uh, the doctor said that there's nothing else he can do, but uh, uh, the bills I do, and I don't know where the money's coming from, but uh, the children ain't acting right, but the spouse don't want to do right, but the job giving me all kind of hell, but. You got to take it to the Lord in prayer. I found out, church, that if we go to God in prayer, even though we face overwhelming problems, there's something about calling on his name. It moves God's heart when his children call on your name. I ain't got to uh, paint a picture for you, but, but, but I'll make it clear. When your child calls on you, it moves your heart. Oh, oh y'all don't believe me. Y'all know what? I, I, I try to be so hard. I, 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 got a, I got a 19-year-old son that when he called me, I can say no so easily, y'all. He, he called me and he said, Dad. I, as a matter of fact, I can tell when he wants something because it, when he happy with me, is hey, Pops, what's up? When he wants something, is hey, Dad. So when I hear, hey, dad, first thing I say is, boy, what you want? I ain't got it. No, mm -mm, you should have thought about it before you spent your little last money on that foolishness that you spent it on. But it's something about them two little girls right there. They can walk up to me so easily and say, daddy. And my little heart just go to melt. It could be my last little $2, but daddy. They got honey drippers at the school tomorrow. Go ahead, get your honey dripper, baby. Well, 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 God, we, we, when we call on the name of Jesus, when we talk to God, his heart is moved just the same. You don't believe me? Well, let's go to the scriptures. Jesus asked the question, how many of you, if your son asks for a, a bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would give him a serpent? How much more does your father in heaven care for you? So, so it was a time of prayer, and as I was reading this and, and studying this, I, I, I started thinking, okay, what type of prayer were they praying? I found out, church, that they were praying a fervent prayer. Yeah, yeah, we are told in the scripture that prayer was made without ceasing. Watch this now. The word ceasing means to scratch forth. It is a medical term that refers to a scratched ligament or pulled muscle. It has the idea of going beyond the boundaries. It has the idea of, of, of I'm doing more than what's required. Uh, 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 and when applied to prayer, it is a picture of fervency. It is the picture of people pouring out their hearts in prayer before the Lord as they seek his face for their needs. Uh -huh. 
That's the kind of prayer that we must undertake. See, we got to stop giving God these five minute quick uh, lily dilly prayers where we get up and we done with them. You know, uh, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Y'all don't act like y'all didn't have the nursery rhymes that I had. Y'all sit down at table and say, God is good. God is great. Let us thank him for our food. Y'all know y'all said it. But we got to get real with God. We got to get to the point where we learn to talk with God like we talk with everybody else. I'll put it this way. If I came to you and I said we were going to hold a conversation and I did all the talking. You would leave. You say, uh, uh-uh, he talked too much. I can't get a word in edgewise. I hate when he called me. You know you would say those things. That's how we need to start approaching prayer. I think sometimes God says, mm, they don't let me get a word in edgewise. Because we'll go down and we'll pile all our problems at his feet, but we won't have the sense and fortitude enough to stay there till we get an answer. Oh, y'all might have quiet on me today, but I'm, I'm going to preach this thing anyhow. Uh, uh, it was a fervent prayer. That's the kind of praying that we need. Uh, the promise of, uh, of God is that the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. The word effectual fervent refers to the energetic, passionate prayer. You can't sit down and give God some weak prayer all the time. I remember when deacons used to sit down and bend their knees and start praying. And I don't know about y'all, but see, I grew up in an old church with an old basement on it. And it seemed like when he would pray, you could feel the ground move. Because he was passionate about what he was doing. Uh, it is a prayer that is not sluggish, lifeless, unconcerned, casual, half-hearted. Uh, and you know, some of us, we just pray because we're used to it. it uh, well, I wake up in the morning, this is what mama told me I'm supposed to do. You ain't got no heart in it. You ain't thinking about nothing. You're just, you're just going through the motions. But we have to get to the point where we learn how to pray with our everything. That we put everything into our prayer. Lord, hear am I. Hear me, O oh Lord. Not only that, the Bible lets me know that it was a faithful prayer. By faithful praying, I mean there was a prayer of faith. Their prayers was made to God. This seems obvious, but there are times when it seems like our prayers are designed to be heard by other people or even by us. Wait a minute. Hold up. Let me. Can I throw this in the gumbo? Uh, there are times where we decide to pray just so somebody can hear us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of us can put up a good prayer in, in, in church service, get home and don't know what to say. Y'all know it. I, I love them old school prayers. Here I am, knee bent and body bowed. And, 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 and Lord, it's one more time. You know, we had a deacon that, that uh, when I grew up, I, that, that, who that man could pray. And, and, and when he prayed, it seemed like he prayed about everything that came across his mind. 
And, and I used to think to myself, why Deacon, his name was Deacon Callier. I said, why Deacon Callier pray like that? I messed around and started coming to his house with him. And I realized that it wasn't just in Sunday morning service that Deacon Callier prayed like that. Because when you got in his house, you had to pray with Deacon Callier. And he was praying the same way at home. That's what we have to do. We have to cultivate a faithful prayer. What do you mean when I say faithful prayer? Well, I'm glad you asked. A faithful prayer is simply that I'm faithful in praying. Not just because I believe what he's going to do, but I'm consistent in it. I know whenever I come up across a problem that, you know what? I, I come here, Daniel. Daniel did it so beautifully. Daniel said, not only am I not going to pray, but I'm going to pray three times a day. And you know, when you do the research and you find out each time Daniel prayed, he prayed for three hours. That means that Daniel had a collecting, a collective of nine hours that he prayed in, in, in structural prayer. We ain't counting those times where he had to say, Lord, have mercy. We ain't counting them times where he was on the road with his old buddies, Meshach, Shatrach, and Abednego, and, and somebody cut him off and they donkey got in front of his donkey. We ain't counting those times we say, Lord, hold my tongue. We ain't counting them times when he had to stomp his toe and he say, hmm. Lord have mercy. Some of y'all say something else, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, he, we have to cultivate a, a, a environment where prayer is acceptable. Everywhere you go nowadays, they tell you to have a moment of silence instead of praying. Yeah, 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 yeah. They'll tell you, well, we want to remember this person, so let us have a moment of silence. Or, or, or such and such happened. There was a shooting here, a shooting there. And they quick to say, let's have a moment of silence. But I would contend, let's have a moment of prayer. The Bible makes these statements about the role of faith in prayer. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. The Bible also says, and all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. See, it lets me know that without faith, my prayer is falling dead. How can I go to God and say, Lord, I want you to help me, but I don't believe he can. All right, all right. I can't come. Oh, oh, can I just keep it real? Can I keep it real? Yeah. I can't come to you knowing that you ain't got two pennies and say, well, you're going to give me a million dollars. That doesn't work. But if I say that God is my father and that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, then I should be able to say he's my God. And I believe that he'll do what he said he can because he has the resources. He has the power. Yes, it does. But then I found out that it was a focused prayer. See, sometimes we get on our knees and we just start rattling off things. We ain't got no kind of structure in this thing. But, but, but it was a focused prayer. The Bible says prayer was made for him. They didn't just go down on their knees and say, Lord, here we are. But they went down on their knees with Peter in mind. They said, oh, can I just keep it real today? They said, Lord, 
I know we got other situations going on, but there's one called Peter that they've locked up. I imagine all night long that Peter's name kept ringing in that room. Y'all know the old saying, when you mess around, call out somebody's name, you say, mm, they must be talking about me. Well, then Peter had a whole lot of names to call out because there was a whole lot of women in that house talking about Peter, praying for Peter. Well, 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 not only that, not only that, uh, uh, I found out that, in other words, Peter was the focus of the prayer meeting. They came together to pray for a specific purpose. This was not a generalized praying that sought to cast a big blanket. Uh, but what it was, it said, Lord, I, I, I'm specific about this thing right now. How many of you have ever been in a situation in your life and you knew you had to go to God about that and that alone? If you haven't messed around and get sick and let the doctor not know what to do, I guarantee all those other thoughts will leave your mind and you will talk to God about that and that alone. I'm not going to lie and say that uh, 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 I pray for everybody every day. That would be a lie. Sometimes you ain't on my mind. I'm human. But one thing I realize is that I always have God's will in my heart. So if I have his will in my heart, that means that I may not call on you specifically, but I'll pray for the church. But when I get a phone call that one of you are sick, I'm not just praying for new redeemed completely, Dean. I'm praying for the one that was told that was sick. Oh, y'all don't get it. If, if, if it's a Monday morning and I ain't got no news that nothing going astray in the church, I pray for all the new redeemed. I say, Lord, bless New Redeem and all the members in New Redeem and all that. But if you mess around and call me and say, well, you know, sister such and such sick, then I'm falling on my knees and, yeah, I love New Redeem, but I'm praying for sister such and such right now. We got to be specific in our prayers. But not only that, I found that it was a family prayer. See, one of the things that we must realize is that we are a family. There's a reason why the Bible calls us the brethren or our sisters. Because, see, 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 uh, you're just not somebody I'm acquainted with anymore. But the Bible says that we are heirs and joint heirs, that we've been engrafted in the family. In other words, I ain't a foster child. I've been adopted. Oh, y'all don't believe me. See, see, you can see him foster children back. But once you sign that paper that say you've adopted me, that means you can't get rid of me. I'm him for the long haul. That means everything that your biological children get, I get too. I'm in the inheritance too. So that lets me know that I'm in the family of God. And if I'm in God's family, that means that you and you and you are my brothers and sisters. You remember, there used to be a time where families got together and prayed. My grandmama was one of those family praying people. You couldn't be at her house and, and, and not pray with her. I can hear her right now as she up early in the morning. And she, she how many of y'all know about sweeping the yard? My grandmama swept her yard. 
Y'all fancy folk got rakes and stuff, but we had an old Swiss broom that was hard at the bottom, and she could sweep it and make some of the prettiest designs. And my grandmama had a habit of sweeping her yard right outside of the window you would sleep at. So she would wake up early in the morning. She'd be out there. You're here talking to Jesus. You throw a pillow over your head. Man, I wish grandma would be quiet. Why is she bothering me this early in the morning? Then she'd make her way back in the house, and she'd put on some coffee, put on some bacon, and, and start breakfast. Now, 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 you still trying to sleep. She'd come in, and she started making up the bed around you. Y'all, y'all, y'all ain't never, y'all ain't never been tight in the bed till you had my grandmama make up one around you. You, you, you wake up like you in shackles. You can't move because she make up the bed around you. But, 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 but it was her way of saying, get up, it's time to pray. Cause, cause after you got so uncomfortable with her noise and her moving and all that, you, you, you knew it was time to get up. And when you did get up, there wasn't no going out to play. There wasn't no turning on the TV. None of that was going on in grandmama's house in the morning. I can hear a voice right now. Go on in there and wash your face, brush your teeth now, baby, and come back in. Don't talk to the Lord with a dirty face. But it was a family prayer. The church gathered together to pray for one of their own. We got to get back to the point where we gathered together to pray for our own. But see now, church, this is the shout of the uh, uh, sermon. This is why I say read verses 6 through 24 for me now. Because not only was it a time of problems, not only was it a time of prayer, but I can shout this morning because I realize that it's also a time of power. There was power, uh, powerful salvation. The Bible says in verse 7, And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shone in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off. Now, 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 I'm going to tell y'all, son, that, 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 that shocked me with this. Verse 6 says that Peter was sleeping yeah. between two soldiers. Now, I, I don't know about y'all, but if I was in jail on death row the night before my execution, I don't think I'd be asleep, y'all. I think in my mind I'd be sitting there trying to write the governor talking about can I get can 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 you can you uh, uh give me an appeal? I'd be writing the judge. I I'd be going plum crazy. And now now if some of y'all so sanctified that you would have went to sleep, I'm glad for you. I pray that I get there one day, but I'm not there right now. I would have been somewhere in a corner looking for anything I can to get. I would have got me a spoon and I would have started digging a hole out this world with that spoon. Y'all saw Shawshank Redemption. I'd be just like Andy Duvet. I'm crawling through whatever I got to, but I'm getting out of him. But Peter is asleep. I think it's important for us to realize why Peter was asleep. See, Peter's asleep because Peter knows whose hands he's in. Peter's asleep because Peter remembers one night when he was on a boat and the waves and the winds was turning and him and his other buddies went and found Jesus and Jesus was asleep. And he said, wait a minute, carest thou not that we perish? Peter remembers when Jesus said, wait a minute, peace be still. 
see, see, so, so, so Peter could go to sleep. But, but the Bible says that there was a powerful salvation. When the church prayed, God heard them, and he answered their prayers. Peter was delivered from prison through the miraculous intervention of the saints. I, I wonder what would happen right now if we began to pray like the early church. I, I guarantee we'll see power like we've never seen before. We'll see power where demons are cast out. We'll see power where the dead are raised. We'll see power where there's healing of our body. All I'm trying to say is much prayer equals much power. If you want to get to your next level, I guarantee all you got to do is call on his name. When I was weak and weary, I found out that there's power in the name of Jesus. I can call him in the morning. I can call him in the noonday. I can call him late at night. There's power in that name. No matter what you're going through, if you just call on the name of Jesus. Now, I dare you. I say I dare you. Don't just call on them by yourself. But get you a prayer partner. Get you somebody you can call on and say, child, we need to go in prayer. I found out that when you touch and agree, that God says whether two or three are together touching and agreeing, he says, I will be in the midst. If you want God to show up in your problem, how about you grab onto the saints and say, let's call on them together. There's nothing wrong with calling them by yourself. But I found out that there's power in calling them with somebody else. I understand now that I look back, I realize that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can actually think. Sometimes the weight of the world seems to be on your shoulder, but I got a remedy. How many of you know you can go down on your knees and call on Jesus and he will. I know he will. He'll come see about you. How many of you have ever had to walk through Sorrow's Valley? It seems like you haven't got a friend. But I found, I found a friend that stays closer than a brother. His name, his name is Jesus. His name, his name is Jesus. Mary's baby, the first and the last, the lily of the valley, my bright and morning star. He is, oh he is. I found him to be a burden bearer, a heavy low sharer. He's my bridge over troubled water. He's my bread when I'm hungry. 
He's my company when I'm lonely. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus? If you know him, stand up on your feet and shout the name. The name of Jesus. Jesus in the morning. Jesus at noonday. Jesus in the midnight hour. I call him when I'm burdened. I call him when I'm sad. I found out when I'm happy, I can call on him. There's something about calling on Jesus. I got to call on him. There's power in prayer. Well, you may ask me, why is it you feel you have the right to call on him? I'm glad you asked. You ask good questions. Because over 2,000 years ago, out on a hill called Calvary, he gave me, he gave me, he gave me the right to call him. Do you know he died? Didn't he die? Didn't he die? Do you know he died? But bright early, bright early, bright early, early. Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. I can call him when you don't act right. I can call him when the doctor said no. I can call him when my back's against the wall. I can call on Jesus, and he will, he will, oh, he will, he'll answer prayer. I'm so glad, I'm mighty glad, I serve a Savior that sits high and looks low. He walks with me, he talks with me, he tells me. He tells me that I'm his own. I heard the songwriter say, now let us have a little talk. Have a little talk with Jesus. We'll tell him all about our troubles. He'll hear our faces cry. He'll answer by and by. Now when you, now when you, when you feel a little prayer wheel turning you'll know that the fire is burning and just just a little talk with Jesus will make it all right I don't know what you may be going through but I guarantee you, if you call on Jesus, he will, he'll answer prayer. If you call him and call him right, he will, he will, he'll answer prayer. Do you believe? He'll answer your prayer. If you believe, he'll answer your prayer. 
stand on your feet. Lift up your hands. Open up your mouth. And tell them thank you. I'm glad. I say I'm glad, Sister Keys. Because no matter what I'm going through, I found out I can call on them. I'm glad. I'm glad. I got a God I can talk to. I got a God I can tell all of my troubles to. I'm going to lay everything at his feet. I heard the songwriter say, take your burdens to the Lord. You got to leave them there. If the world from you withhold all this silver and this gold, and you have to get along with me, affair. Just remember in his word how he feeds the little birds. Take your burden, take your burdens, take them to the Lord and leave them there. Thank you for listening to A Word from Redeem. The recorded ministry of the New Redeemed Missionary Baptist Church of Jacksonville, Florida. Please join us for our worship services with Sunday school at 9.30 a.m., followed by morning worship at 10.45 a.m. Also, join us for our Bible study every Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m. We're located at 1614 East 30th Street on the east side of Jacksonville. We're the church that's building kingdom-minded members through kingdom services. Thank you and be blessed.